Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Oxford Assembly of God podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit our website at oxfordag.org. And now, let's get into the message. It was a year ago today that we had our last service prior to the pandemic. This Sunday, a year ago. How many things have been a long year? This Sunday is also BGMC Sunday. It's also the week before St. Patrick's Day. And whenever that announcement for the yard sale came on, I just saw your lies light up. (laughs) Most of you know that I'm not a yard sale person. But I know that that's one of the most asked questions around here. When is our yard sale? Because some of you can hardly wait to bring the treasures you bought last year so you can sell them to buy you some more treasures this year. And so it's a great time. So uh, if you're able to help and do that, thank you so very, very much. Those of you watching online, and uh, if you're uh, local, we'd be glad to help pick up some of your goods to bring them in. If you can't bring them in, but it's, gonna, it's always a, a big fundraiser for our, our joy group. That joy group's just older youth. That's our seniors ministry, so we appreciate it. Today, we're talking about a continuation of our series on the characteristics or attributes of God. Our topic today is being in God's hand. Being in God's hands. The hand, biblically, just like in, in natural, is very significant. How many is thankful for your hands? Yes, I am too. I'm glad that I got two. I found out they're not as strong as they used to be. They're a little bit more painful than they used to be. But I'm glad that I've got hands, and I'm thankful for that. And we're constantly reminded in Scripture of the significance of hands. The washing of hands. How many, how many have heard that the last year? Please wash your hands. I don't know. I guess we didn't ever wash them before the pandemic came. You know, wash your hands. You don't have to wash anything else, but make sure your hands are washed. Hands are important. We talk about the washing of hands denoting the cleansing. The grasping of hands. The raising of hands to be sworn in. Pouring water on our hands to denote servitude. Throughout the Bible, hands are very significant. But today I want us to focus on the aspect of the protection of God. Of being in God's hands. Being in God's hands. Now, during this pandemic, there have been so many, many questions. So many times people say, well, what's going to happen? And you know what? Your answer was just as valid as mine, and we were both wrong. Because nobody has the answer. Nobody knows. And by the time I think I got it right, they changed the questions. So uh, we don't know. But I'm glad that we have a God that knows. I'm glad that he understands. Acts chapter 20, in my opinion, we're talking about favorite songs, but in Acts chapter 20, is one of the most moving stories to me in the Bible. It's the story of Paul calling and, and, and sending a message to the church at Ephesus and saying, I want you to meet you at Miletus. And he sent the word because he was on his third missionary journey. He was going to bypass Ephesus, going to be stopping at Miletus on his way to Jerusalem. And we know now looking ahead 
and looking back that he was stopping at Jerusalem, that he would leave Jerusalem and then go to Rome where he would be thrown into prison and eventually would die in, uh, in Rome. But he had sent word to those leaders that were at Ephesus. He had spent three years at one time in Ephesus. He had a lot of close friends there. He had a lot of uh, converts in the ministry. He was their, uh, their father, their spiritual father. So he was wanting them to meet with them at Miletus. Now this story is recounted in chapter 20 of the book of Acts. And I want to begin reading at verse 20 of chapter, 22 verse, uh, 22 of chapter 20. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. In other words, a lot like we've had going on, he didn't have a clue what was going to come on. He didn't know what was going to happen next. He just said, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm constrained or I'm moved in the spirit and I don't know what's going to happen except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that I'm going to win the lottery in Jerusalem. No, that wasn't it. It wasn't even a promise that he was going to be healthy in Jerusalem. He says the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction awaits me. Well, wouldn't it be great to wake up every morning and say, got that to look forward to. I'm going to have affliction. I'm going to be in prison. But he says, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course. Remember, he said that to Timothy a little bit later. I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. And the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. He had spent three years with them. He was closely connected with them. We could say he pastored the church there. He, had, he probably had done some funerals. He had done some weddings. He possibly, he'd been there for three years and he had grown close to him. But he's telling him, said, you'll never see my face again. Let's drop down to verse 31. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Now, verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Now, as we read scripture today, there's some words that's going to just keep tumbling out. We see God's grace. We see God's mercy. We see God's love. We see God's protection. All of those happen when we're in the hands of God. Now, verse 22, 32 rather, is interesting where it says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Now, I do not uh, read Hebrew, but I, according to the uh, commentary that I was reading, in the Hebrew language, this would say, I commit you to God's hands. I commit you to God's hands. That's in the uh, uh, Jewish Bible. I commit you to God's hands. Man, as I read that, that was kind of ministered to me. Paul was saying, I don't know what's going to happen next. We don't have a clue what the future holds. But we do know who holds the future. 
And I commit you to God's hands. I believe that I have said something like that in the last year many, many times, rewording it a little bit. But the reality is we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to be the end result. We don't understand that. But we do know that God knows and I can commit you and you can commit me to the God's hands. How awesome is that? Before we leave this passage, let's drop down to verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. And it was not a ship going off on a, on a cruise. It was a ship that he had told them, you won't see me again in this life. I'm leaving. But he said, I'm committing you into the hands of God. I'm committing you to the hands of God. Later, while he was in Rome, while he was in prison, he sent a letter to the church at Ephesus, which was this, this same group of people. So in Ephesians chapter 3, notice what he said. And we'll see some of the same thing. He was repeating it. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of God or the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He said, I got news for you, church. I've got news for you. God is still in control. God is still in control. That's a message that needs to resound throughout our land, throughout the world, that God, this pandemic has not shaken God at all. You say, wait a minute, all this going on. This pandemic has not shaken God at all. He is still God of gods. He's Jehovah God. He is almighty. He is all powerful. And guess what? You and I can be carried in the hands of God. How awesome that we would be reminded that we are to be in God's hands. Did you catch those words? To be aware of the riches of his glory. To be strengthened by his might. To be rooted and grounded in love. To know the love of Christ. And maybe to sum it up best, to be filled with the fullness of God. How many thinks that's a great thing? I'm going to move, move my microphone and see if I can uh, get rid of the stand. How about that? Is that better? Okay, we'll do that. If I forget that I'm not tied down anymore, y'all remind me. Okay, help me out. Paul wrote to the church at Timothy, uh, 
wrote to Timothy. Now, guess where Timothy was when, he, when Paul wrote the book of Timothy? He was at the church at Ephesus. He was leading the church at Ephesus. So while Paul was in Rome, shortly before he was to die, he wrote these words to Timothy. And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time because we've been preaching out of Timothy. But notice what it says in chapter 1, verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is, trust, is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages. Immortal. Invisible. The only God. Be honor and glory. And forever and ever. I don't know if you caught it. But all three of these passages. Are saying the same thing over and over again. When we're in God's hands. He showers us with his mercy. His grace. His love. His power. His guidance. His direction. So I can tell you. Whose hands do you want to be in? I want to be in God's hands. I want to be in God's hands because he's the only one capable of taking care of me. During these times, it is of so much assurance to know that I'm in God's hands. You say, well, wait a minute. That sounds kind of blatant that you're in God's hand. You're something special. No, neither was Paul. Paul says, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I can tell you that I've messed up and you've messed up. But we're in God's hands when we're in God's hands, he promises us that he's going to lead us and guide us and direct us. And he's going to keep giving us grace. Aren't you glad he doesn't run out? He's going to keep giving us mercy. Aren't you glad he doesn't run out? He's going to keep giving us his love, his protection, his guidance. And my desire, like Paul's, is for the church at Ephesus that we may be filled with the fullness of God. How can we do that? When we submit ourselves into God's hands. That's what Paul said. My prayer to, for you as he was getting ready to leave these people. He said, I'm not going to see you again. But he didn't say, put your trust in me. He didn't even say, put your faith and trust in the church at Ephesus. He said, I'm committing you or commending to you to be in God's hands. In God's hands. I don't need to tell you how much stuff has gone on in the last year. Totally blindsided us. Yes, a year ago today we were celebrating and we had a year day of celebration. And the very next week we suspended service. Totally unexpected. Totally unknown. But God was not caught by surprise. And I wish I could tell you all the blessings that God has bestowed upon Oxford Assembly of God during the pandemic. 
I'd like to share with you all the things that God has done for many of our families during this pandemic. Why? Because we were in God's hands. And there's people that say, well, you know, Christianity is for those that are weak. If that's the case, I thank God that I'm weak. Because the Bible says when we are weak, then he is strong. Somebody came in this morning and showed me their communion and said, I read the end of the book and we win. We win. Why? Because we're in God's hands. We're in God's hands. Some of you remember an old song by Dottie Rambo a number of years ago. So let the storms rage high. Those dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Sheltered in the arms of God. And as I was meditating and thinking about this great message, great passage, I was reminded of a story in the Old Testament. It was a story in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. A story you're all familiar with. See, in chapter 2 of Daniel, Daniel had been challenged. Not just Daniel, but all of the wise men. All of the people in authority had been given an assignment. Either you tell me my dream and the interpretation or you're going to die. How many knows that's pretty good motivation? And they said, wait a minute, king. We can't do that. If you'll tell us your dream, we'll tell you what, what it means. And he said, I don't remember. Now, what makes that so unusual? How many have had dreams like that? So vivid while you were dreaming it when you get up and said, God, man, I had a dream last night. It was awesome. What was it? I don't remember. The king didn't remember it. But it made such an impact on him that he said, I've got to know what that dream is. And so Daniel, who was the chief magi, he said, let me give some time to talk with a God that reveals dreams. And I'll tell you. And so he shared with that in chapter 2, talks about, the, remember the, the kingdom? Remember the interpretation of the dream? I won't get in there. But it says that he interpreted that dream. He told him that the dream was the, the image. It had a head of gold, chest of silver, stomach and thigh of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of clay. And the head of gold represented Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Now, we, you may not have ever thought about it, but Nebuchadnezzar didn't like that dream real well. He did not like the fact that his was just a temporary kingdom. He thought his was forever. So you know what he did? He said, I'm going to make a gold image that's going to be all gold. Now, according to many books, they said it was probably plated with gold, but it was still gold. And they built this image out in the community called Dara. And that place that they had where they made it, they had the furnace. And I did a little research. I was wondering, how hot does it take to melt gold? Anybody know? Shame on you. I'm not going to tell you. Right. 1,947 degrees Fahrenheit. You can boil water at 212 Ice melts at 33, not very fast, but it melts. But 
1,347 degrees Fahrenheit or almost 2,000 degrees was used to melt the gold. Now, where did that gold come from? There's a good possibility a lot of it came from the temple. Remember, they had brought all the temple. This was after the exile. And they melted this gold and made this image that the king said, you've got to bow down and worship him. And he made a statement. Anybody who does not worship the idol would be thrown into the furnace. What furnace was that? That was the furnace near that where they had melted that gold to make the image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. And the king made a statement. He said, I want you to make that seven times hotter. What he was really saying is I want you to make it as hot as you can make it. Make it as hot as you can make it. Now, I'm going to tell you, 1947 degrees is hot. But what's a few more degrees, give or take? 1947 degrees to mount the gold. He said, make it hotter. Well, let's read this story. Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, these young men had risen in prominence. They had been through the uh, training along with Daniel. And he had made them into leaders. They were provincial leaders, but they were not paying any attention. It says, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these king men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, said when you hear the band begin to play, fall down and worship the image that I've made. Well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Notice this. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Who is the God that would deliver you out of my hands? But if not, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand. See, the king had asked him, who's going to deliver you out of my hand? He said, my God's able. But if he chooses not to. I know this doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But he said, if he chooses not to. It didn't sit well with people when Paul was saying, I'm going up to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be bound. I'm going to be put in a prison. And you'll never see me again. There's a lot of people who said, don't go. 
I'm sure that there were people around that said, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, all you got to do is bow down. You don't have to really mean it. Just bow down. They said, we're not going to do it. But if not, be it not known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In other words, what was he saying? We have chosen rather than to be put in your hands to be put into the hands of God. You ask the question, who's going to separate us? Who's going to take you out of my hands? We're going to trust in Almighty God. Can I submit to you today, friends, that during all this tumult that's going on, our solution is to submit to the, uh, be in the hands of an Almighty God because He is the only one capable of delivering us. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. And the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it's usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning furnace. And then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their outer garments. And they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace because the king's order was urgent. And the furnace overheated. They fired it up. They cranked it up. I don't know how they heated it. I don't know what they used. If they used coal or what. But it had such extreme heat. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered, and said to the king, true, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Amazing thing. They said, we're going to submit ourselves into the hands of God. We're going to not submit to the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. We're not. We're going to submit to the hands of Almighty God. We're going to submit to the hands of an Almighty God. I think that you will agree with me that in response to the king saying, who is the God who would deliver you out of my hands? They said like Paul, hundred years later, we commit ourselves into God's hands. What he does, we don't know. But we know that we got this. Man, I, 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 could, I could stand on this soapbox for a while. I could tell you that we don't know what's going on. A lot of people have called me. Many of you know that I'm a presbyter and I have other pastors that call on me. What are we going to do? And I speak with all wisdom. Don't have a clue. Now, if I knew you had the answer, I'd have called you. If any of you still got the answer, I'll give them your number. We don't know. But we can commit ourselves to be in the hands of the Almighty God. Be full of questions. Be full of situations. Even be full of sorrow. But our God is able our God is able. In just a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion. 
But before we do, let me ask you this question. Whose hands are you in? Whose hands are you in? Are you trusting in self? Now see, that's where we run into a lot of problems. I love independence. I love freedom. I love working hard. Sometimes I can begin to think I can handle it. I want to tell you what. I can't. And you may be trying to control all your situation and circumstance. And for a while you can, but sometimes there comes something that's bigger than you are. And you need to be in God's hands. Some people trust in their religion. I didn't say Christ, I said religion. Some people trust in their church membership. But folks, if that's all you got, you don't have a whole lot. Some people trust in their riches. Those riches can be gone like that. Are you committed? Have you committed your life to the Lord's hands? That's the question. In keeping with this story, I want to share an old story with you. Some of you, most of you have heard it. I heard it years ago. It's about a man in a small town that was known for his wisdom. He wasn't known by his name. They just called him the old man. He was the old man and everybody that would have a problem, they would go to the old man and ask the answer. And one day some kids found a baby bird laying out that falling out of its nest. And one of the guys had an idea. said, man, we're going to fool the old man. You know, he's supposed to never make a mistake. We've got him this time. And they said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just, just chill. Let's go fool the old man. So they took the little bird. The leader of this group of kids had it in his hand. He went up to the old man and said, old man. What do we have in your hand, our hands? He said, you've got a bird. He said, well, which hand is it in? He says, in your right hand. And the guy was just kind of grinning to the group. He said, now we got him. Because see what he had told him, he says, we know he's going to know what's in our hand. We know he's going to pick which hand it's in. But we're going to ask him, is the bird dead or alive? If he says, dead, I'm going to open my hand and he'll be alive. But if he says, alive, I'm going to squeeze it and it will be dead. We've got him. And so he asked the question, okay, is the bird dead or is it alive? The wise old man looked at him and he said, the answer is in your hands. The question today is, whose hand are you in? 
God's already made his decision. He wants everybody to be in his hands. That old, old song, remember? He's got the whole world. Remember that one? But see, we're the ones that choose which hands we want to submit to. Riches, self, religion, membership in churches, whatever. All of those will fail you sooner or later. But when we put ourselves in the hand of an almighty God, this all-powerful, this almighty, he'll never let us down. Say, well, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know all the answers. I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. That's the reason it's so important to submit and put ourselves in the hands of an almighty God. Put ourselves in the hand of an almighty God. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Would one of the ushers bring me a communion? I sometimes, I don't have one up here. He got one over here, okay. Father God, I lift up this church family to you. I lift up those that are watching online to you. And if there's any one of these that have never surrendered themselves into the hands of an almighty God, I ask you that they would make that commitment today. It's up to them. If they're here within the sound of my voice, before we partake of communion, let us be reminded. Let us be reminded, Father. Just as Paul committed the church at Ephesus, the leadership, he said, I commit you into the hands of God that we can commit ourselves to you. So, Father, I ask you to minister by your power and your strength right now. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to hold off on communion just for a moment. To ask two questions. The first one I've already addressed in my prayer. If you've never submitted your life to the Lord, but you'd like to this morning, I'd like to just ask you to raise your hand and let me pray with you before we continue on with communion. Then secondly, how many of you have got loved ones? See, sometimes we want to work it out, but the best solution is committing our loved ones into the hands of the Lord. Some of you beating yourself up today I'm asking if you how many would lift, lift your hand and say pastor pray that I would submit my family my friends my loved ones my neighbors to the Lord lift up your hand I want to pray with you all over the building Father God we submit to you God I'm so excited to see what you're doing even in the midst of turmoil and confusion 
questions. But we submit to you and we submit our family and friends to you. Asking you, Lord, to minister to them in a wonderful and marvelous and mighty way. God, some of them don't need to hear more preaching. They've heard enough. But they need your Holy Spirit to speak to them, to love them. And so, Father, speak to them supernaturally, through your people, whatever it takes. Because we pray, just as Paul prayed, we're going to commit them to God. Commit them to God's hands. We pray for them right now. In Jesus' name. The same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it after he'd given thanks. And he said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread. And in the same manner, or in the same way, And he said, this cup is the new covenant or the new testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Or as often as you eat this bread, drink the cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Before you partake of the cup, could I ask you to just give this thought? as you're partaking this cup it's a proclamation of placing yourself into the hands of an almighty all-powerful all-knowing God and he loves you with an unconditional love as Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners he understood something God's love God's grace God's mercy God's blood is greater than all of our sins let's partake of the cup Holy Father we submit to you our lives we submit to you our families we submit to you this church let us be as Paul told the church at Ephesus I commit you to God's hands so we surrender to you we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness 
Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the OAG podcast. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God Church, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org.